mean, like, Dave made a whole movie. Like, he made a fucking movie. And we are being thrown by this fucking third grade shit. <laughs> Honest to God, I have a thousand dollar, two thousand dollar audio equipment right next to me. And I couldn't find a goddamn USB headphone set around the office to record this thing. Scott and I were losing it because the sound effects in the background were just priceless. I mean, all of a sudden you'd hear glass rattling and a, and a screen door shut and a cat yelp. And it, it, it was just unbelievable. It's it's like you were like, hey, hold on a second, guys. I think I left my headset in this Abbott and Costello movie over here. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. I've got my I've got my box of Keystone Cops props. I've got to look through here. Well, in case you guys haven't guessed by now, this is Web Comics Weekly, and this is the first time we've been, well, not all together because we weren't able to get Chris in this time, but uh, this is the first time we've done a Web Comics Weekly uh, since November 2012, so it feels good to be back. This is part of the Kickstarter uh, uh, reward for the Webcomics Handbook, which I am so thrilled to report is out in digital and in print. You can go to webcomics.com, go to the top of the site, click the link, and get yours now. And I just want to thank uh, two of my very good friends for being here doing this uh, together again, and that is Scott Kurtz. Hello. And... Uh, <laughs> Why did that remind me of that character from Animal House? That's who I was doing. I don't know why I just did Kent Dorfman. Hello. Hello. And uh, right over there is Dave Kellett. Hi. <laughs> you guys playing cards? That's all, that's all I had. I was, I was desperately searching my brain for a funny hello. And that's all Hi. Dave, your head has got to be sp- Spinning this week, you've got so much going on with stripped. It's been like one thing. It's you've been like a magician that pulls those uh, long handkerchiefs out of a hat. There's just one thing after another. Oh, it's it's kind of been too much. I actually got a pressure headache yesterday, which I've really? never gotten before. Yeah, and it it threw me because it was just it's been too much if we're in like two day period. But thankfully, it's going to calm down now. I think a little bit and. Uh, but yeah, it's been amazing. It's been amazing what's uh, what's happened with the film and uh, getting that Waterson poster. How long just, were you sitting just, on that? How long uh, have you known that that was happening and couldn't tell anybody? Oh, what are we in now? February? February. This uh, is the last so, day of February. January, February. So it's probably three or four months now since I first asked him and he said yes. Wow. Did you ever think it was going to generate that much attention? Uh... You hope it will. And yeah. I knew. I knew. Well, can I tell you this? The better way to say it is, I knew in the cartooning community people would go apeshit, but mm-hmm. it's weird when you have like state senators going apeshit and like you know major public, <laughs> like the New York Times and Time Magazine going apeshit. Like that's it's fun to see that that he that he's had that big an impact on people. Oh, I know. Uh-huh. It's like Jimmy Hoffa came back. <laughs> Everyone's losing their shit. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, who is it? Somebody said John, John Rosenberg the other day said it's like getting Salinger to write your foreword for your book. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that this morning. I saw, and and it was a very appropriate uh, analogy. Yeah. Well, and listen, I it, it was literally five percent me asking and ninety five percent him being a very nice guy. He did not have to even respond. 
Um, so it's not like, because people are asking, you know, how did you do it? How did you, and it's, it had nothing to do with me and everything to do with him being a nice guy. That's pretty awesome. Has he seen clips from the movie at this point? Well, when I approached him, I said, I said, first of all, I know this is, you know, a, uh, a cheeky question, so forgive me. You can immediately delete this email if you want. But, um, you know, Fred and I have been talking a lot about it, and we can think of no living cartoonist who better embodies, you know, the, the skills and the talent and the wit and the spirit of cartooning more than you. And I know personally it would mean so much to me to have your work on the poster. And, you know, I know it's cheeky of me to even ask, but is this something you would even consider? And then I followed it up by saying, you know, of course, I wouldn't ask you to do it if you weren't comfortable with the movie, because that's, that's hard to ask somebody to do. So I said, I'll, yeah. send, you, I'll send you the rough cut of it. And, um, and so I would only ask two things. You, you only have to say yes if you like the movie, and then second, if you can think of an idea. So you're not, like, stretching your brain trying to think of something. Mm-hmm. And, and so I sent it to him, and about, I don't know, four hours later, I get an email back saying he loved the movie, he thought it was a a beautiful and serious and affectionate look at cartooning and he would love to he actually said I'd be flattered to do it and um and I actually have a silly idea and I'll sketch it up for you tonight or whatever and then Boom. I actually I think the sketch came no it wasn't right away the sketch came it took him like 2 days to sketch it up cuz I think something came up but then oh the storm the winter storm came up and then uh, we got the sketch and it was awesome and he said, uh, he said, so give me any notes you want. And I emailed back and I said, I am not giving you any notes. I, you, are, <laughs> you are Bill Watterson. I am, I, uh, no, I'm not giving you any notes. There's no, and he's like, no, seriously, give me whatever notes. This is your film. You know, what do you want of the poster? I was like, no, I'm not giving you notes. And then he's, he said, all right, well, for coloring, I was thinking about we do an offset dot matrix kind of, you know, badly misaligned print color look. And then I said, oh, actually, I, can we do a watercolor? And he said, ah, you gave me a note. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me a note. Deal's off. <laughs> so anyway. For you see, sir, this was a test. <laughs> but no, but he, he was very kind about it. And he was like, oh, yeah, I can see that that would work. And I said, you know, I always appreciate it on certain covers of yours, how you would watercolor to the line's edge, if you know what I mean, so that... Mm-hmm. So that the object was watercolored, but everything else was pure white. And I said, you know, if you're comfortable with, if you're comfortable with that idea, then let's let's go that way. And he, you know, I, I don't know how many, maybe two weeks later, we get a FedEx in the mail, and it's got this gorgeous watercolor that is just magnificent. It was beautiful to look at. I mean, Fred and I just got, I honest to God, we look like two apes just standing there looking at it. Go, oh, mm-hmm. oh. So he sent. Wait a minute. He sent you the original. Yeah, so the the we needed a because he draws very small, um, uh-huh. like I, like what okay. are the dimensions of the thing that he sent you? So a movie poster, okay, I might get this number wrong, but a movie poster, the dimensions are twenty seven wide by forty tall, right? Okay. And I said, now obviously, Bill, there's no way you're going to draw it that big. So you know, we're going to need the super high res photo right. of the of the. Um, of the image and, and so draw whatever size you want and here's the ratio and uh, whatever you want to do. And so when he sent the original, uh, I'm looking over now, it's probably six inches by seven inches or so. Um, oh, and, okay. and then, um, and then we took it over to a friend of ours who works in advertising in Los Angeles and she has a, Oh my God, it's an incredibly expensive scanner. Like I've seen expensive scanners and this one was like an incredibly expensive scanner. Uh, uh-huh. 
and we scanned it at like 40,000 DPI or whatever, and um, and then blew it up. And it looks well. Then I had to clean it up, but then uh, it looks amazing, though. It's it's a gorgeous piece of art. Oh man! So, um, but I was asking about. I was like, so how did you get your blacks blacker on the on <laughs> the uh, on your line art? Because you know when you when you color watercolor over ink, it it diminishes the black a little bit. Yeah. And he said, Oof, I don't know. I used to send it to a graphic designer and they would clean it up. And I was like, all right, guess I'm learning how to do that in Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so thankfully I tweeted, hey, I don't know how to do this. And Lar D'Souza uh, tweeted back like, oh, here's how you do it. And he didn't know what he was helping me with. And uh, his technique super worked. And it, the, the final piece really pops nicely. It's, re- it's really beautiful. Oh, my God. That's really cool. Yeah, so it's it's um it was it's one of those very special moments in life. You know, it's not often you're gonna get not often. Listen to me, it's not ever I'm ever gonna get anything uh, like that again. So, <laughs> dude, I think listen, this is such a testament to the amount of work and and the genuine spirit that you and Fred and everyone that's worked on it that I've never met yet um, has put into this movie. Yeah. I I mean I really think it. I really think that. It's going to speak to people. And it's clearly already speaking to, to people. I mean, it spoke to Bill, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that meant a lot to me that he liked it. You know, I mean, not to sound like a kid, but it's really lovely when someone you've always admired kind of taps you on the shoulder and is like, hey, you did all right, you know? Yeah, that's huge. You should feel that way, of course. And it's something that you've been working on for so long. I think oh my I, god! I put yeah. myself in your shoes, and I think I would have gotten frustrated. I think I would have gotten frustrated a long time ago, to the to the point of throwing my hands up and admitting defeat. <laughs> I was talking to Angie about it yesterday, and I said, "He's gonna finish it, and he's gonna be like that old man in Shawshank that doesn't know how to go back, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just gonna be like." Gloria's going to be like, what do you want to do today? And you're like, well, I'm going to work on the film. And she's like, Dave, the film's done. And you're just going to go, all right, well, and you're just going to throw the rope over that. <laughs> you're just going to, it's just going to be a slow pan down to me holding my pocket knife, you know? Yeah. <laughs> my old worn out pocket knife. Uh, well, that's a, that's an awfully sturdy beam up there. Hmm. <laughs> that looks like it can hold some weight. Can you, no, like. I mean, now, now that we're, well, not done. I mean, there's, believe it or not, there's still a shit ton of work to do. But now that we're near done, um, I kind of have the bug for it. So Yeah, how do you go like, back to the farm now that you've seen the city? I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, provided we don't go bankrupt on this one, I think <laughs> we, have, we have some other stuff that we would like to do. Um, in fact, we're taking a meeting next week. Uh or something so we'll see i don't know so now what's the next steps for stripped i mean i, I obviously everybody wants to have it in their hands like right now and 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 that that can't happen but what is there any kind of a, even a general timeline oh absolutely yeah 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 and you know what it's only because i meant to do this two days ago but because i've been so busy with like you have to kind of capitalize on press when it happens you know uh, no, yeah. no yeah absolutely so so i've been taking email and phone call and email and phone call all the last two days but um but anyway i meant to write up a big update as to what the plan was and so the basic idea is on april 1st it goes live on itunes mm-hmm. and, and you know it's kind of a don quixote kind of quest but we're gonna try like ryan and and Malky did with machine of death to get to number one for just one day on iTunes. 
Yeah. Um, How's that going? All, well, it's 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 fine now. Like because it's not live, it's on pre-order. Um, we're always we're going to be on a kind of a stunted footing for until we go live, if that makes sense. Um, because there's just a lot of people that don't like to buy pre-order, and also if you think about it, no one's really seen the film yet, so everyone's kind of buying it blind at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, when it goes live, people can gift it. People can um, see what the reviews are that are, you know what I mean? Like, there's a, there's a nice little um, virtuous circle that starts to happen when, when it's live. So anyway, um, so it's going to go live on April 1st. I'm gonna, it's going to obviously go out to Kickstarter backers weeks before that because they deserve to have it first. And then around the same time, uh, basically every cartoonist that participated, I want to get it to them early. Um, and then probably March 24th, although we're not 100% sure, we're going to do the premiere at the Cinerama Dome, I think, in Hollywood, which is an amazing building. Um, it's if, if you ever want to look it up, it's C-I-N-E-R-A-M-A. Uh-huh. And um, it's, one of, it's one of the most unique theaters in the country. Um, it's a gigantic dome, so when you walk into it, it feels like you're in like some... Uh, a, it's just a gigantic building. Oh, and, um, yeah. And it seats uh, 830, so it's gigantic. And um, so we're going to have kind of a mixed premiere in the sense that I'm going to invite two or 300 people that were involved in the film to come for free. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then the other five or 600 will be ticketed sales. And what we're going to try to do is we're going to, based on the, the names that people that bought the tickets, we're going to put it all in a big bowl and that night, we're going to give away 20 of Watterson's posters um, to the crowd, which will be fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um, that'll be pretty fun. And I know it, it's impossible for you guys to make it, but God, it would be fun if you could make it. Um, <laughs> when is when is it? Well, we think – I don't want to put a jinx on it yet, but we think it's going to be March 24th. We were supposed to nail it down today, but there was some stuff that came up. But anyway – um, but it's going to be a big event. Like I'm going to invite all my Hollywood actor friends and director friends and writer friends. And so I'm trying to get some, some, you know, some fun, uh, mojo out of the night. And, yeah. uh, and we're going to have a big Q and a afterward with any of the cartoonists that come that were in the movie. So we'll probably oh, do like that's a cool. 45 minute to an hour and a half Q and a for anybody that wants to stay. And, um, so that'll be fun. That is like almost the exact weekend of Emerald city con. I know it's the one right beforehand. Yeah, it's the mon- it's the Monday of Emerald City. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Okay. So we'll see. I, uh, you know, there's never a perfect time to do it, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And uh, so that's that. So that's the plan, Brad. Is that April first is the big day, and um, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, um, it's been it's been a hell of a journey. It's, it's been fun. So I'm excited and super anxious for people to see it. Cause I'm it's sure it's going to be huge. I, I hope, I hope that, I don't know. I don't know if huge is the right word, but I just hope that people like it. Um, well, here's the thing though, Dave, you have to understand, right? Like I can understand you being concerned. Like if I say to you, if I were to tell you right now, and it's the truth, if I told you that I got so many people telling me after the Billy Ireland weekend, how awesome, the movie was and how great it was to see you in it. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was ready to strangle people because I want to see it so bad. <laughs> so they'd be like, Oh God, strip is so great. And you were awesome. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and uh, and uh, and they're like, "You haven't seen it?" I'm like, "No, I only participated and backed it." Ah! <laughs> so, um, but I know, I know that you might think, "Well, sure, it's fish in a barrel. It's the Billy fucking Ireland Museum. It's a bunch of cartoonists." But there's not anyone that grew up in this country that didn't read, that doesn't know what those comics are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's not, it's not a book on the comic book industry. It's a movie on. The comic strips from the newspapers. I'm telling yeah. you, man, it's gonna be huge. Yeah, I, yeah, I hope I, so. And it might be a slow. <laughs> I was gonna say a slow grower. It might be a slow grower. I don't know. I, I honestly, you know what it is, and you guys will understand this more than anyone else in the world, is that what we do on a day-to-day basis is, if you fail on a Tuesday, you pick up your pen and you do one on Wednesday, right? Like that's the that's the gig, right? Like yeah. we know we know that routine. But I've been yeah. working on this damn thing for four years, so <sighs> I I like it. I love the film. Actually, I still watch it, and it makes me emotional. But if if people don't like it after four years of work, that's a special kind of hell, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You don't have to worry about that. No, <laughs> I don't know that I don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't have to worry about that. Listen, listen, buddy. Uh, Red and I have been watching a couple of these. Uh, Documentaries, and <laughs> let me tell you right now, a bar ain't set very high. You're, <laughs> I mean, I saw the raw footage of, so I saw some of the raw footage, and just the raw footage alone, yeah, just the questions you and Fred ask. It, oh, that's a really good point. Oh, yeah, Are ju- you saw you saw big chunks of the Davis interview or the whole thing, I guess, didn't you? Well, yeah, you email. I mean, I I don't. I hope I'm not getting in trouble. I, I got it sent. I thought it was because I paid extra or something. Oh, no. No, it's, you're not getting in trouble. No, no, no. Okay. I, I was just saying, like, so you saw, because that was a fun one, I thought. That was oh, man. I, I can't. I I just play that in the background often. Yeah. I, um, and all I can do is be like, what is that screensaver? What is that Garfield thing behind him? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like my a favorite. It looks like a light bright. The- yeah, my favorite was the light bright in the background, and I was like, Jim, is that a light bright? He's like, yeah, you want to come see it? And I was like, what is this thing? It was a big, for those people that haven't seen it, there's a gigantic, uh, if you look on a clip from the trailer, you might be able to see it. There's a, there's a light bright that somebody made him of Garfield that's actually kind of awesome when you see it. It lights up. and I have he- told that story uh, of yours so many times about you walking into this place, and I'm probably exaggerating it now because I've told it so many times. Uh, walking into this huge room that every square inch had Garfield merchandise in it. Oh my God! And it was—I don't know—4,000 square feet, probably. Yeah. Did I ever tell you guys the story of that? When I walked in, I was like, "Wow, Jim, this has got to be cool to have you know all your all the Garfield products ever made in one room." And he like leaned over quietly, put his hand on me. He's like, "Oh no, no, David, this is this is just last year." And I was like, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I think Fred about lost it at that point. Like, God, God. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw me get into a big fight with some people on uh, Twitter over Jim Davis, but I made a comment about I don't understand why he is such a punching bag for this certain group of like want to sell out. Yeah. Why is Davis always depicted as? Well, he doesn't even draw it, and he's such a sellout, and look at all the money he makes. Did anyone make more money on comics than 
Charles Schultz, but he's beloved. Why but is Charles he Schultz beloved? is almost this sainted uh, figure in comics, and Jim Davis is exactly what you said—a a corporate sellout who who. But and, I'm and then having, we find out I'm through, having, yeah, I'm having arguments find, with people on Twitter about it. Yeah, it's a yeah, really it's, good question. Because I, 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 you can't I say that Garfield was more merchandised, more licensed than Peanuts. It, 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 it's it's a how high is up kind of uh, conversation. You can't say that one did it more than the other. And somehow these two are polar opposites on the spectrum in terms of other cartoonists' estimation. Well, you know, um, it's it's kind of a bummer because I think if you judge him on the terms that he set for his own career, you can't but you can't but be impressed by what he's accomplished, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I look at Davis the way I look at Disney, and I think that's, right. a, fair, that's a fair comparison, I think. Yeah. You know, like, you can't, not everybody is going to be the SPX, you know, indie comic book creator <laughs> that, that only produces stapled things at Kinko's, you know? Not everybody has to be that. And well, David, learning how to use a, a photocopier machine is is a very big part of uh, of publishing these days. And huh. if you watch if you watch some of these documentaries, you'd realize <laughs> you're talking about that yeah. Center for Cartoon Studies. <laughs> yeah. Brad is we watched Brad and I both watched that documentary about cartoon co- the cartoon college up in Vermont. Oh, I haven't seen and, that one yet. And I'm like, we think, and Brad's like, why teach these kids to make zines? What the, who who cares about a zine? Dave, it's not I, the seventies. I watched this movie before going to sleep, and I woke up with my jaws hurting because I was grinding my teeth in my sleep. Scott, that they're, tells they're, you what I they, they have those kids silk screening, Scott. They're pulling paint across a silk screen in two thousand and fourteen. <laughs> Brad, Brad, don't you know that the Hate Ashbury District of San Francisco is the place where comics is going? <laughs> Brad, get on the bandwagon, Brad. Well, I, you know, I, I think your comparison to Disney is pretty accurate because, you know, and I think after they see the movie, especially if it makes it into the cut where, you know, when he says one day I'll make, I'll write the strip that makes the whole world laugh, I think he genuinely wants that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, well, and because... did you find out through interviewing him, Dave, that he still has his hand very much in the daily production of, of Garfield? Yeah, and I think the way you got to look at it is, and can I tell you, like, directing a movie has changed my perspective on how solo an artist has to fly. Mm-hmm. Because I used to I used to think that, like, well, it's only pure, you know, if, if I'm doing it by myself. And that's a bullshit call. You know? Right? Right? Um, right. That, that, so let me, why, why, for example, is, is Davis hiring a bunch of employees to help him on, by the way, 50 billion Garfield projects, not just the comic strip. Right. Why is that any less than Adventure Time hiring a staff of writers or hiring a staff of animators? Like, well, why is that different? Because you you can't just make a movie by yourself, and it, you're not a real cartoonist unless you draw it by yourself and write it by yourself, and then you go home at night and pour yourself two fingers of bourbon and get sad and think <laughs> about line width. <laughs> exactly. Well, now listen. Now, having said that, all three of us love. And I know this to be true. I love how individual comics can be, right? I mean, there's no argument. We love that no one can tell us what to do. If we ultimately want to sit down and draw something entirely ourselves, we can. Certainly. But it's just it's just an interesting it's an interesting false rule that cartoonists have set for themselves that 
Oh no no no! Can't involve anybody. It's no, Scott. It's Scott, isn't that something? Isn't that the very mindset though that you had to grapple with when you decided to uh, take on Dylan as a as a co-writer? You know what happened? It's it's yes, but you have to understand like what as as someone who's who's studied Davis and known for years the way that Davis does his company and admires it. It mm. really wasn't until um, Corey started teaching me about. Um, mangaka in Japan and the way that things are made in Japan and using Manga Studio and seeing how the perspective tool works and these like oh my god I mean you could just no wonder you can he's oh yeah well of course I'm like my god you could just draw I can draw a whole cityscape and it'll take me three seconds with this mm-hmm. perspective tool and he says yeah man if when you have 14 pages due by the end of the week in <laughs> Japan uh you you don't have time to sit around and be like, well, this has to be from my brain. You know, you've right. got to get those pages done. And he would bring home from Japan for me these pose books. And they're just they're they're like little paperback books, and they're full of poses. There's like it's like 150 pages of just poses for everything: running, jumping, swords, guns. And then there's a CD in the back of it that's got another 4,000 poses on it. Uh, and I'm like, what do I do with this? He goes, well, if you need someone running, there's someone running. Use it. And I go, and I'm not in trouble for it? He's like, no, that's why they made the book. Mm-hmm. Because if you have to sit around and come up with every pose, you're never going to get a, a, anything done. Yeah. But but I'll tell you this. What really changed my mind was working with Mike and Jerry on the trenches and, and working – even earlier than that with uh, Aaron and Giuseppe on truth, just in the American way. And, and, but you, there's, it's such a different, it's such a different process when you're working with a group of people, you can get, you can get it so much better. It's not that I don't appreciate the solo voice. And it's not that I have lost interest in having my own solo voice because listen, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many people are working on PvP and Table Titans. When it's time to put the ink, the digital ink, to the digital paper, I put what I want it to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But, but my gosh, the the how much more I've been able to accomplish, and how much richer and deeper and more fun it's been to just have a group of people to work with on a project as opposed to just well, it's it's this is as good as I can get it. Right. Yeah. Right. But well, I it's, gotta tell you, now, now that I've done it on a film, I kind of want to do it with comics. I wish I could. I wish I, I could click my fingers and know the perfect person to partner with, because that's a whole different thing. But yeah. now, now that I've tried it, I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to having somebody to work with. Um, You'd love it, dude. I'm, I'm working with four different people on my two comics. Dylan, Dylan not, helps me write PV, We write PvP together. And she even will, if I need to, she can even color it in a pinch, but... Um, she loves to color it, but with Table Titans, I'm, I've got, uh, Brian Hurt, who draws the six gun for Oni. He's sitting down with me when I finished pages of script and helping me block that out into comic book panels. And then Hammaker's coloring it. And this thing would just not be as good as it is if that wasn't happening. And it wouldn't be getting it done as quickly either. Right. So it's a cultural thing, man, because in Europe and Japan, no one gives a shit. Well, and can, honestly, I don't even think the partnering up is as much a deal in the U.S. so much as uh, making money is a problem. 
That's mm-hmm. what people, that's where people get fussy. Um, it's not so much that, you know what I mean? Like if you really scratched at people, they'd be like, no, it's all right to partner up. But it's when they're, when people suddenly find success with it, that they're like, whoa, that's sell out. They got a whole team of people working on it. <laughs> nah, that's yeah. true. That's true. It immediately true. becomes that kind of sour grapes kind of thing. Yeah. Cause nobody thinks about like, oh, baby blue should be done by one person. Like no one cares, you know? Yeah. And it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's, that, that's a whole separate issue is why do we look down on true success? Ah. Uh. Yeah, and why are we are ourselves not comfortable with it sometimes? Yeah, I think it's because so many people, so many people worship the idea of 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 I'm I'm I could have been the accountant mom and dad wanted me to be, but instead I'm making twenty thousand dollars a year and I'm a cartoonist, which is all fine and good. But on the flip note of that, you can't then shit on the person that that makes you know a, a healthy chunk on bone or a healthy chunk on Garfield or a right. healthy chunk, you know. Well, and you like, got to own it. it, and it's like and, and the other side of that, the other facet of that is something that I see Scott tweet about from time to time, which is uh, you know this this whole idea of an artist being this sad, twisted, uh, uh, substance abusing. Uh, tortured soul oh is something God. we really need to fight because I think didn't you just I think you just said it today or yesterday it was yesterday you know there's some of us who are creating this out of joy yeah I I mean bookmarking that to to go to 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 point to touch on what Dave just said it's mm-hmm. it's it's not their whole cottage industry is built on not succeeding. And and there's a lot of street cred built around not succeeding as a group, mm-hmm. um, and there's there's uh I mean maybe I mean a real easy low hanging fruit is the hipster scene like and to be the indie scene right if you're if you're succeeding you're not indie and which means you're not I mean could it really be that subversive and groundbreaking if everybody loves it I think is what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Um, so if everybody loves it, it's really successful. It must be lowest common denominator, which means it's not very good, and so I don't want to like it. Um, but I, I've never understood the mentality of of cartoonists being like, "Well, I'm just really uncomfortable with the fact that this thing worked." Just this whole f- this whole. I don't even want to say it's. I used to think it was a fear of success, but it's almost an animosity towards success. Where where like. We're like instead of going, oh thank God that worked, it's like, well shit that worked. <laughs> yeah, it's like the moment in the producers where they go, where did I go right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, um, it's so like oh what, let me ask, but let me ask you guys, why did that develop in cartooning but not in? And you know what? Maybe it also exists in novel writing, but why did that not exist in film or in music? I mean, maybe it exists in music. Actually, it probably super exists. In I music. think, yeah, it's like when you said novel writing. Immediately, uh, and and I don't know whether this is a true comparison, but immediately what I what I sprang to was that uh, Huffington Post piece uh, just uh, earlier this week from the the woman who said if uh, if J.K. Rowling's truly uh, 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 loves writing, she'll stop doing it. With the idea being that. Every I time read she that. Writes a book, every time she writes a book, it, it it takes up so much space on the shelves that you know tr- real authors who need a need a crack at this uh, can't get on the shelf. That doesn't make any sense, but I read I, it too. No, wow, it didn't I, make I, any sense. I, I missed that. Well, that is, the, but that's a that's such a weird form of sour grapes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like you know. Well, 
you know what it is? And, and what it is is wanting, it comes down to jealousy. It's how I felt before posting comics on the web about uh, newspaper syndicated comics. In other words, you'd see these legacy strips and you'd see that there was a finite space on the newspaper page and there's no way your strip was ever going to get there because they were they're, they're going to keep rerunning, you know, Barney Google and, and 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 Snuffy Smith and all of these other legacy comics forever. And there and it was I felt I I and there was a time I can very much uh, identify with that kind of feeling. Because well, but the the difference between the comics page and writing a book is that there's limited space on the comics page. Right. Right. Well, and and it's all it, it it it's also a completely different world today. There there is there those boundaries are gone. To come back to the thing I bookmark, it's the same thing as this notion that all all artists are are somehow mentally inst- instable. Like we're mm-hmm. all we well have some kind of mental instability, of course. Can't really make anything unless we're all broken. And I am gu- I've been guilty of it too, saying like, yeah, we're all broken. No, we're not. <laughs> Everyone's got um, everyone's a little crazy. It's just that the artists are very good at expressing it. Yeah, you yeah. know. Well, and also like to be an artist because I think this is probably a fair statement. You got to do a fair amount of navel gazing, which, which sometimes from the outside looking in looks like you're angsty, but it's really just you're living an inner life that's a little bit more complicated than the guy that's digging a shovel hole. You know. Yeah, yeah, the shovel because, holes. Yeah. No, goddamn. <laughs> The, you know, it, in my mind, I was trying to get the coal mine, but it didn't come out at all. No, but I mean, like, if you're if you're operating a, 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 a backhoe in a coal mine, you're not thinking like, oh, how am I doing this today? How how are you know like? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're a coal miner and you turn in the middle of the day and you go, you know what, Philip? Sometimes I just think uh, we need to reject capitalism. You're gonna get the shit beat out of you and left in a mine. <laughs> and rightly so. I just, uh, you know what, Philip? Philip, I just, I just feel like, I feel like Philip. The fact that you and I are working together in this coal mine, like I should be working solo if I want to be a true coal miner. <laughs> I, I feel like to truly express my art, I've got to be over here and kind of sad about it. So I'm gonna dig and cry a little bit over here, Philip. And I'm gonna let you maybe go to a different part of the mine. All right. I'm gonna dig and cry over here. Is such a perfect line. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, 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 Johnny. I want you to stand over there and think about your privilege. And uh, and uh, with that jackhammer, because I'm using a pickaxe, all right? I don't have a jackhammer. I don't have pressurized air helping me. I don't have pneumatic power cutting through this rock. I'm a true coal miner, not one of these fancy phoning in with your electronic equipment. Yeah, some of us can't afford pneumatic pressure. Anyway, I don't know where I was going. I know I do know where I was going with that. Was that... Because we do what we do, we spend more time than, in a, than the average, you know, like if you're working on a spreadsheet in an accounting office, you're not thinking to yourself the same kind of thoughts that an artist is when they're trying to create characters and lives and stuff. Yeah. But so, uh, but that, but, but creating those lives doesn't mean you have to write it from pain all the time or from, or from a negligent life or, you know, uh, it's just it's unfortunate that that so much of that is just because of a few key painters in European history that were just were that, that have painted that image literally um, as the artist has to have been the suffering. 
Well, and I'm also going to throw in this little facet, and that is that you don't get into doing something like this without having a little bit of, hey, look at me in your blood. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that we do comics and put them up on the web. We want to be noticed. It's, it's hey, look at me. And say, pointing out how tortured and flawed and, uh, and deeply uh, troubled your existence is, is kind of a different way of saying, hey, look at me, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. mean, real real people who are really dealing with real. Well, no, I guess maybe I can't say that. Uh, but but in a lot of times, when when people are dealing with these things, uh, they're not exactly looking for attention. They 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 hide it away. You know, uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I heard Jerry Seinfeld say recently that actors think about other people, and comedians think about themselves. Actors are very interested in what it's like to be him. And a comedian is always busy thinking about himself constantly. Yeah. And I think cartoonists are that way too. Oh, that's a good that's a good way to that's a better way to say it than what I was trying to say with navel gazing. That's yeah. a great that's a great way to look at it. Yes. I mean everything's wow, about my personal story and my you know, my voice and what I have to say and the thing I have to contribute to the world. Mm-hmm. Um right. Where you know, a lot, maybe a lot of people don't do. But can we? Can we also? We should probably just admit to this as well. And the reason why we're even having this discussion, instead of the discussion being, aren't we all sick of capitalism and 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 getting and, and this comics game is stupid, is because the three of us are have worked really hard for over a decade, and it's doing well for us, and we're happy. <laughs> so, yeah. Of, yeah. you know, like of course we are okay with it. Of course Absolutely. we're of course we're okay with it and of course it's we look up to the people that are doing as well if not even better than us and I mean I I, I you know whenever I go to California and I spend time with my family and the friends of my family who lived through who are all in their 80s and lived through wars mm-hmm. you know uh, it's like um they did all that so that I could be an artist because if I was born when they were born I wouldn't have been able to to do that you know, I would have yeah. had to go to war and then get a job and then have a nuclear family and so that my kid could be a cartoonist. But Yeah, that's like one of my favorite quotes. Did you ever hear that quote from, I think it was Adams, who said, uh, I am a warrior so that my oh yeah children, no my, so that my children can be businessmen so that their children can be artists. Yeah. God, where I... A, I think it was Adams that said that. It was that. John anyway, Adams. Was it John Adams? Um, but I just thought that was a great summary of, of sacrifice. But uh, anyway, study, yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, we're, we're also speaking from, like you said, comparative success. So I, I listen, we all have our, our dark nights of the soul, too. Like in parts of this film, I was like, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> so like I get I get those those shitty moments where you just want to throw in the towel. It's like you were saying, Brad, I definitely had moments in this four years where I wanted to throw in the towel. On the yeah. Film. Or those, so, those moments when you wake up and it's two o'clock in the morning and your heart's beating like a trip hammer and you're going through, you know, everything that needs to be done and, and, and the deadlines and the bills that are due and, and, and you, you, you just know that you're not getting any sleep that night. Yeah. Well, and you just hope you're making the right decision. Like in addition to, well, we don't need to talk about money too much, but let's just put it this way. I, I gave up a lot of money in the last two years to finish this film and dear God, I hope it was the right decision, you know? <laughs> um, uh, so no, and I mean that in terms of lost income. Like I didn't produce a book in the last what eighteen months, two years, something like right. that. Yeah. And that's yeah. a, and I didn't do any new uh, posters, didn't do any new T-shirts, and 
that adds up after a while. I was looking at my taxes last week and I was like, oh yikes, this is gonna be a bad year. So you just hope you make the right decisions as you go. And I, I definitely had some dark nights where I was staring at the ceiling going, oh God, oh God, I hope I'm doing the right thing. So I, I mean, it's not, it's not like we're not sympathetic to the, the struggles of fellow artists because we've all been there, um, mm -hmm. it's, you know? It's just, I, I think that it's unfortunate because of a few key people in artistic history that we have to accept the idea that art can only come from pain. Yeah, I, I nothing drives me more batty when Corey, my business guy, tries to give me a peptide, a pep talk, a peptide. He tries to give me a peptide sometimes. Um, he tries to give me a pep talk when I'm angry or really upset, and he says, "Use it, just use that, put it into your art." It's like, no, it does not work that way. Yeah, yeah. I have to be happy to work. Yeah, and, and that's not to say some people who have, and we should, we, you can separate out, you know, temporary day or two sadness from, from situational depression to uh, genuine political depression, which is a whole different scenario. Um, but even then, art can be a beautiful thing that acts as therapy, you know? It doesn't have to oh, always yeah. be um, this act of sorrow. So, but even in, even in sorrow, it can be thera therapeutic, so... Um, I mean, we've all got family that and friends that that suffer from very heavy depression. So, mm -hmm. um, um, no, it's anyway. But to get back on the on the broader topic, though, I think um, for me the broader topic was it's a shame that success immediately brings on uh, uh, short words from a lot of cartoonists because um, it does. It shouldn't have to be that. We should celebrate the fact that. Larson and Watterson and Brethet and Davis and Schultz could all make millions and in some case hundreds of millions. That's kind of awesome. You know? I'm really glad you brought up that name because as, as in terms of reclusive artists, uh, it, it, Watterson certainly is is near the top, but also it, it, there's also Berkeley breathed that that walked away from it, and and other than a couple little like attempts here and there, you don't hear from him, but. Equally reclusive and equally as as important in the comics landscape is Gary Larson. Yeah, oh yeah, huge. And, and you and never completely hear walked, from that completely, guy. Oh, he's in some ways he's way more reclusive than than um, anybody else. He's, Did you try to get in touch with him for stripped? Oh yeah, in a lot of different channels too. Really? And and then I eventually heard back, you know, no thank you. And and then I said, all right, well, um, would would Gary be all right if I used a few? Far sides because people reference with great fondness a few far sides and heard back no thank you. Really? So, um, and you know, listen by by most documentary fair use standards, I could have used a far side, but if an yes. artist and if an artist asks you not to use their stuff, it's kind of dickish to be like, no, you know what, fair That's use. That's fair use, buddy. Read a yeah. book. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I had to get a read a book in there somewhere. <laughs> so I had to, you'll you'll see a you'll see a very clever edit of a far side when Zach. Uh, Wiener Smith is talking about Farsad at one point in the movie. So, um, <laughs> so I don't want to. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm almost afraid to say this, so maybe you can cut it out of the podcast later if you want to. But okay, do you guys think that maybe, like with winning the Grand Prix and doing the Billy Island Museum thing and doing the poster for Stripped, does it feel like maybe Bill's kind of coming out of hiding? Like maybe he's going to do something again. He's a young guy. Yeah. 
God, it feels like I just jinxed it, jinxed it by saying it. No, no, I don't. I don't. It, 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 it is interesting to kind of see him slowly coming back. Even if he just came back to the extent that even he wanted to, I. It, it's so weird. You, you, you hear somebody. I, I came across my Twitter feeds saying. Uh, uh, much the same thing. I really wished that Bill Watterson would have, you know, caught on to the web because, and here's the words that the person used. I, I really feel as if there's so much more great work that he could have given us. And my hmm. problem with that is that he's given us enough. Yeah, absolutely. He's given us a body of work that is stupendous that no one's going to ever touch again. Well, uh, yeah. But yeah. if he wanted to come back and if he wanted to get involved in the community again, uh, it, it would be so great to have his voice, even as an elder statesman of cartooning, saying, you know, uh, uh, talking about his his experience and his perspective. And, and you could still disagree with him, but it would be great to have his voice in the mix. Um, can I tell you what, just as a side note, one of my favorite things when you talk is when you get into like sentence number four and you haven't taken a breath and, and your voice gets a little bit like that. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Because I know that means, that means to me, it means you love a thought and a passion and you've got to get it out. And so you just hear like water so suck and you hope that he comes back and that will be great. Do you, uh, do you, I'm, how I'm, many on other, I'm on the other end of the line going, breathe, 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 breathe. How many times at like family reunions do you think people just sit around watching Brad like head cocked back in an easy chair waiting for him to go, oh, where was I? Because he passed out. But uh, so I want to try to, to answer your point now, Brad, with seriousness, because I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> joking aside. Um, the other flip side of, of these bad um, stereotypes that cartoonists fall into, and I think this is somehow, and, and not that I think any ill will of him at all, but Schultz has kind of made it seem like we all have to go until we drop dead at our desk. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. is an, uh, that's an unfortunate thing we have to shake too, because I was guilty of that thought for probably the better part of a decade. Oh, I was going to say, all three of us uh, sat together in a podcast and, and talked with fondness I know we did. I remember the conversation uh, about how it, how great it would be to die at your desk, like Johnny Hart and and uh, Charles Toth. Schultz, and how that was our that was our, each of our death wish was yeah, to fall it, asleep at our or, was, or you know for good at our drawing desk. It was definitely my wish for a long time, and and I think my sense is that it's still probably Scotty's wish, and that's fine that it is. But the, my my I guess what I was trying to say is is that that doesn't have to be the be all end all either. In the same way that you have to be the indie SPX artist, mm -hmm. um, like it's fine that Watterson said, you know what, I want to go do landscapes for a decade or two, um, and it's fine that that uh, this cartoonist stopped doing. Uh, bone and worked on and is starting something else. You know, it's okay to put down your pen on a project and move on to the next thing. Um, you know, the flip side is that you're doing a strip that you hate for 60 years. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the big thing, right? Like, I think the idea of it comes from the idea of, of well, I want to die at my desk is maybe generated from a, I'm not ready to go yet. Please don't try to pull me away from this. I'm going to sit here till I die. No, I'm going to sit here till I die. And then, uh, God, my, one of my favorite movies of all time is a Paul Newman movie. It's called Nobody's Fool. I don't know if anyone's ever seen it. I remember that one. God, it's so good. 
it's about this old guy that lives in a small New York town, and uh, and Bruce Willis is in it. He plays uh, one of the characters in the town, and he, he keeps cheating on his wife. He he was in his fifties and he had heart surgery. And Paul Newman says, you know, he's not going to always be like this because he thinks he's he thinks his days are numbered because he had heart surgery. But when he realizes he's going to live till he's eighty, he's not going to try to fit it all in, you know. And so mm-hmm. I think I think for some of us right now, where it's it's going well and we love it, and especially for those of us now getting in our forties and we're realizing, boy, I hope this keeps going because I don't know what else I can do. <laughs> like I'm not gonna go back to tech support that I job that I quit 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah, it, you get you get to a certain point and you look at your resume and it's like I'm pretty much unhirable at this point. It's almost like it's almost like not wanting to jinx it. Like, what do you want to do when you're 50? I'll be still here. Nope, still it's everything's gonna be fine. I'm gonna draw till I die. I'm fine. Uh, Everything's fine. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. No, it's perfectly fine to want to move on, move on, and do new things. And it's completely understandable that people don't want you to stop and and i don't think there's any motivation for waterson to come back and do more comics necessarily because he's obviously wouldn't want to do calvin and Hobbes again and that's what everybody would want not that anything right. that he did wouldn't be beloved but um i just meant that we might be hearing from him more and he'd be like brad said he'd be a wonderful voice for comics um i would i would love it i would love it um, yeah i would love from just a but but like um I think the saddest I've ever been in the last um, couple of years, or the last couple of years since Schultz died, which is what now a decade. Mm. The saddest I've been about cartooning is is uh, Craig Thompson quitting. Yeah, and it's just you know that Richard. idea. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Craig Thompson, not the guy that does blankets. Richard Thompson yeah. quitting. I know yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, just not wanting, just not being ready to go, and having to stop. It's just, and 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 it's not being your choice. It's just, um, that's my worst nightmare. So, it's just, it's been heartbreaking to see that he doesn't get to to keep drawing right now. So, uh, I I'm fine with one day n- not wanting to to do it as much as I do it. But um, are we talking about cartooning or masturbating? Well, either, either applies. Um, no, I I tell you what, last year and the year before, I did so much stuff that wasn't comics between mm-hmm. web series and live action series and going to cons and doing side projects that this year we had to invent a mission statement and an acronym to stay on track. Because what's it just, your acronym? Huh? What's yeah, the I, acronym? I, I, I want to hear the acronym, yeah. I'll tell you guys off the air, but... <laughs> it's not like it's a trade secret. It's just Must embarrassing. Be one hell of an acronym. Oh, no, okay. it's dumb. It's just. Okay. I just want to focus on. <laughs> Brad, the acronym is Fuzzy Bunny Needs to Work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mnemonic. <laughs> and uh, uh, no, it's just that I. <laughs> little, <it's>, little Mr. <laughs> Choo Choo has to keep Choo Choo. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost that dumb. <laughs> um. But it's just it's just a reminder to rein ourselves in and decide what we want to do because like like these days so much is possible, and and getting a business guy has been such a huge made such a huge difference because um, it took us a whole year it took us a whole year to get everything sorted out and running smooth 
to where I can really just focus on the art and making things and uh, kind of high level thinking. And then the nitty gritty of the other stuff, he you know he can handle. So it's been it's taken a whole year, but now now we've got it. So it's like okay, now what's next? And so things like like you know, do you want to build something big and look for investors? You know, I mean, like like Dave, you did it too. You want to do a Kickstarter and do a movie and have a premiere? I mean, those things are possible now. It's just a matter of what do you want to do? And I I mean, I just kept coming back to that night in Melbourne, Australia when we're backstage and there's a mm. symphony orchestra playing video game music and I'm in a tuxedo with Chris Straub and Will Wheaton. I'm about to go on stage in front of hundreds of people on the other side of the planet. Yeah. I'm getting paid to do it, to go out and make jokes while a symphony orchestra plays music from World of Warcraft <laughs> live. And Chris goes, isn't this amazing? And all I could think of was, I want to go home. <laughs> Oh no! Why? Yeah, what happened? I enjoyed it. I I I enjoyed it and I loved it. But the the fear was, God, what if they want to do it next year? What if what if this becomes a thing? Like I can't turn this down. But this is not what I want to be. It's not what I want to do. Like we, I this was so new to me. And Will was such a nice guy. And he came out and he was like, Guys, there's a lot going on. You're you're in the middle of a production now. This isn't backstage at PAX where it's your friends. There's grips and PAs and people and all this weird stuff. There's a lot of energy, and it can it's real easy to take it all on. This right here, and he pointed to our script. That's all you're responsible for. And 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 he was like, I like to show up 15 minutes before an hour before we go on, and I like to be on stage 15 minutes before we go out. And he was. He was so nice in helping us learn that stuff so that we could get through it and you know and just enjoy the excitement of it and not be kind of overwhelmed by it. And Chris was like, you know, really excited about it. like, wow, look look at all the things we're learning and 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 I agree, like it is. It's really exciting to learn all that stuff and to get to do it and be a part of it. But I was afraid that someone would then come to me and say, I really like this. Let's do it again. Let's do it more often. And it, because now that's a whole different direction that I just don't really want to go in. Yeah. Like, oh, I see. Yeah. Because, like, if I want to do it, then I want to do it well. And if we're going to do it three times a year, then maybe I'm not going to... It's just, like, I don't want to be a stage guy. I don't want to... I don't want to... You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to... It's, it's, it's like when... Um, um, not And, Brad, don't take this the wrong way, because I know you've been going on stage and doing this. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. But whenever we go to a party... And I make a group, a group of people laugh by telling a story. They go, uh-huh. God, have you ever tried stand-up? And I'm like, no, fuck you. That's, they're like, oh, you'd be so great. <laughs> no, I would not. You don't understand what stand-up's about. There's a whole art to it. There, you you got to try for years. It's, you, you, know, you, you work for years and years and years on material, doing it all across the country, and then maybe you get a good 15 minutes, then you do that for a year, then maybe you have a half hour. Like, I know what it takes to to go try it. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd be good at it, but I don't want to start that process. I've started this process twenty yeah. years ago. Well, no, and that's and and believe me, I don't take offense, but because when I when I do stand up, it's it's almost the same kind of thing as 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 what you're talking about in Australia, although on a lot different scale, especially this past uh, uh, evening. 
but uh, it, it's it's more of an indulgence. It's it's more something that is for me. It, it's like you know what? This is something I've I've always no, wanted I, to experience. I boy, and, Brad, please don't think I was crapping on you wanting to do it at all. Or, or no, 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 no. It, I don't. I, I know that's not the case. But it, but it's 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 more of like it's an indulgence. It's something that's it's cool that we can. It, it, it kind of do this. This was something I was never able to do while I worked at a newspaper, and it's something I always wanted to experience, being up there and seeing if I could do it. And and now I can I can do that and kind of uh, live that fantasy a little bit. But the great thing is is that we live we live in a time now, and in five years, ten years, it'll be even more that when something does strike us. If I went on stage and went, I do want to do this. Yeah, I love this. Then you can go do it, right? You know, we we we're we're poised to do it. I think that's great. Yeah, and that's that's uh, that moment is sort of where I find myself in now, where I'm like, oh, maybe I like this. I like doing this. This yeah, night. you know. And so um, I'm happy for it, but I'm I'm realizing that uh, I I just have too much on my plate because I want I want so badly to go back to do the the sci-fi strip and I haven't been able to touch it for a year and a half or so. And that's where I start to think like, Oh, I understand now why people have a staff because if I had a producing partner on the film, I wouldn't have to do all of this. And if I had a colorist, I wouldn't have to do all of that. And like, it makes sense why people hire up, you know, did you Mm. ever have a friend that never really, did any of you have friends that were afraid to leave college? They were just like, they're going to make academia their career. Uh, I I knew of a few people like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I I knew of people that went and became professors just so they wouldn't have to leave academia. Yeah, right, right. Um, I, I kind of feel like that at some point, a lot of cartoonists go through a moment where it's like, well, there's things I want to accomplish and things I want to do, or I can stay in college, or the metaphorical version of staying in college. So there's people that are like, well, I don't really want to put ads on my site because I just want to make my website look all cheap. And, and you know, you know, Bill Watterson was retired. We shouldn't feel such pressure to keep going forever. Well, you know, that comes from a place of privilege, though, because he does have the money to quit. And then some people are like, I want to go do this thing. And there's two ways to do it. I either throw time at it or I throw money at it. Yeah. And, and you know, I either throw myself at it or I throw people and money at it. And so I want to do it, so I'm going to throw some people at it. And I'm going to throw some money at it. And I'm going to make it. Yeah. And That's so you, a really you, good way of looking You at guys it. can sit here and talk about it in theory, and you can discuss it because you're still in college, and that's where people discuss things and write your papers and, and sit and really think about it and get high and <laughs> go sit in the student union and get a phosphate and enjoy it. But I don't know why I brought them back to the 50s. But <laughs> um, Wait, what's a, what's a phosphate? I don't know what a phosphate is. That's like the original name for like a soda. Oh really? Fosfate? Yeah. Back during the the, the the soda jerks at the soda fountains in the drugstore would make you a phosphate. A phosphate? God, damn, I've never heard. You've that. never heard that, really? What? No. That, uh-huh. that, we're all me, googling, aren't we? To me, when you say phosphate, it honest to God sounds like you've just said a, a fizzy lifting drink. I'm like, <laughs> what is this phrase? It's called a phosphate soda. Yeah. It's it's wow. like a. It's just, it was really popular in soda jerks back in the 50s. I say soda jerk. How about a phosphate for me and my gal here? Yeah. Right. And I'll take a phosphate for me. <laughs> and I'll take, I'll take three of those watches with the uranium glowing hands on them, please. <laughs> so, real quick, 
because we've hit the hour mark. Brad, you are at home or at the studio? I am at the studio right now. Oh, my God. And it's oh, crying out loud. 10.30 at night in Philadelphia. Brad, you're going to be murdered. <laughs> no, but <laughs> every time we do something that forces Brad to be at the studio after dark, I always picture myself at his funeral after he's been brutally murdered and someone goes, why, why? And I look at Dave and I'm like, well, we had to, we had to do a podcast. <laughs> do, you, do you ever have do you ever have this scott where like i i haven't texted brad in a while because i've been so busy but i texted him the other day and he's like oh i'll text you back in a minute taking the kids to school or walking the kids to school and i in the back of my mind i'm thinking oh god it's philadelphia be safe oh be safe <laughs> oh, all the time oh god all oh, the time i oh I, my god <laughs> you guys you guys are <laughs> you guys are killing me hey it can is I call, not that bad can i call can i call you back dave i'm, I'm in a cvs getting some aspirin oh brad no that's where they're gonna get you <laughs> oh no brad they're waiting for you outside of the cvs oh, that's philadelphia brad put that's your the, phone away put your phone away that's the beginning of regarding henry <laughs> One minute you're buying a phosphate at a, at a Rite Aid, and the next you don't remember that you like eggs. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, they just brain them with a pipe. <laughs> well, welcome to Philadelphia, Michigan boy. <laughs> we heard you talk. We heard you say a boot. A boot. We know you're not from around here. And then the oh, clerk, hey. like the guy at the store with his hands up because he's being robbed, is looking at Brad going, what asshole walks into a five and dime at... I, Mister, I'm paid to be here, but you. <laughs> why, why you gotta walk in here with a bright and shiny uh, five, uh, iPhone five? Oh God, you're killing us all, Mister. And, and Brad walks in. Oh gosh, I'd sure love to get some gum from you guys if I could. <laughs> uh, oh. Every every time. Every time. Hey, Dave, can I call you back? I'm at a gas station. I just got to... No, Brad, don't do it! <laughs> Put the phone down and run, Brad. This is how it goes. Get deep into the suburbs. <laughs> Quick, Brad. Brad, I need you to move to Phoenix quickly. <laughs> it's got the pH in the beginning. You'll be fine. Scott, it's like this. Brad, we need you to move out of Philadelphia. Just get back to the Midwest. Ring, ring. Guys, I'm back in Detroit. Everything's better. <laughs> Everything's great. I, the kid, okay, and now if you'll excuse me, I uh, have to go walk the kids to an abandoned church <laughs> that, that is uh, past a neighborhood that has been overtaken by Pumas. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, don't be concerned. The Detroit Zoo shut down, but not before they opened all the gates. It's no, <laughs> that's real in Detroit, by the way. What? I know, it's, like the it's like the beginning of 12 Monkeys now in Detroit. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, it's like I Am Legend. There are whole neighborhoods that have been retaken over by mountain lions. Oh, my God. I, I, I didn't hear about that. <laughs> Look it up. It's worth a Google. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna get a, we're gonna get a text, Scott. Guys, got the greatest studio inside the old Packard plant, four hundred thousand square feet, all to myself. <laughs> and all I have to do is fight off the chuds. <laughs> it's just me and the mole men. No problem yep, at all here. It's just oh. great. 
<laughs> I just remember we when I visited Philly, when we went to New, and we drove from Philly to New York. Yep, or yep. from whatever, oh, not New York, so East Hampton. Wherever those commies live that we had. Yeah. <laughs> wherever the commune is. Um, <laughs> and we were walking, we parked the car, and we walked to this restaurant to meet Caroline, and we walked past what looked to be between two row houses, an abandoned lot that someone had dumped, I don't know, a couple wheelbarrow of fucking fruit and veggies in. Like, ah, this will be good stuff to dump this shit. And there was a sign written on cardboard that said, Farmer's Market. And I walked past it and I went, Farmer's Market. And Brad goes, oh yeah, they always, they're always here. And I'm like... What? That's not really a farmer's market. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they set up. It's a wheelbarrow pe- full of rotten pears. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it's, just, it's just apples next to, like, the wheel off an 86 Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> if no, Philad- no, they, Scott, they set up here every day. It's no problem. If Philadelphia was a movie pitch, it would be, it's like uh, Blade Runner, but it's not in the fucking future. <laughs> Everything's really dystopian and shitty, but it ain't the future. It's it's now. Let me paint a picture for you. Do you remember the movie Running Man? Do you remember when the Laro <laughs> had them cornered? That's how I feel in, in Philadelphia every day of my life. <laughs> You've heard of a post-apocalyptic future. This is pre-apocalyptic. <laughs> it's like Running Man, except the buses run every third day. <laughs> Do you ever see Delta Force? It has nothing to do with this, but it's a good movie. You should Netflix it. <laughs> you ever see Escape from New York? Well, this is filmed in Philadelphia, though. I, you know what? That is one movie I have yet to see. It's not good. It's, I've That's one it, John Carpenter it's movie. It's, it's is, fun, though. It's fun. <laughs> Who's the president in that movie? Is it Eddie Albert? Oh, God. I don't know. Let me look. Hold on. No, Eddie Albert was the president in the Dennis Quaid movie Dreamscape. Does anybody remember Dreamscape? Yes. No. Great poster, by the way, for Escape from New York. Yeah, it is a good poster. Oh my god, it was set in 1997. That's the year it was set in? You guys know that this is the year that Marty went forward to in Back to the Future 2, right? Oh, is it? Wow. Yeah, it's 2014. Jeez. Oh, boy. We're getting old. Getting? (laughs) (laughs) I love how I did. I I turned 40 this year, Brad. Congratulations. Oh, my gosh. Did you do do anything special for your 40th? Yeah, I had a a Star Wars-themed birthday party like a five-year-old boy. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) That's a nice idea. Yeah, everybody was posing. We had a, a the iPad set up with a photo booth thing, and everybody was doing poses with uh, salacious crumb and uh, and uh, what I, I had some stupid pose for Jab of the Hut. It was funny. It was a stupid night. It was it was delightful. <laughs> the uh, uh, here's a little trivia, a little web comics weekly trivia. Trivia in Germany, Escape from New York is known as John Carpenter's Die Klapperschlange. The clapper slonger. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm that's also a move. That's also a move in the bedroom. I hope never happens. <laughs> <laughs> I 
did you what not happened want to him? Well, Brad, you know, he tried to pull off a declapper schlonger. Brad, let me just tell you, if anybody ever tries to declapper much longer, <laughs> I, I will run out of the room. Oh, you know what it is? It's the German word for rattlesnake. Clapper the word Clapper for Schlanger? rattlesnake is Schlanger. By the time you get done saying the word, you're bit. Fritz, Fritz, don't let the Klapper Schlanger get you. <laughs> Fritz, Fritz, Achtung! Nitz du der Klapper Schleischeiser! Eight, nine, nine! She got me into Schlanger! <laughs> well, actually, Schlanger... <laughs> is mean snake? No, I think it oh. does. Schwanz means tail. I was going to say Schwanz. <laughs> er bist mir in meine Schwanz. <laughs> Fritz, du bist tot. You're going to die. I, I call my, <laughs> mein strudel, mein strudel. <laughs> mein strudel. I like how I literally cobbled together the three words of German that I can speak. I don't think strudel. I think strudel is Dutch. I don't think oh, strudel... <laughs> Is even Can a German you, word. The, la- the, the last time that Glow and I were in Paris, I love um, croissants with ham and cheese. It's called like croissant a hamon or something. I don't remember how to say it. Like Dylan will probably make fun of me for my French. But anyway, so every time I would get up the nerve to try to say it in French, and they would pass me an almond croissant. So clearly, <gasps> clearly what I was saying sounded more like almond croissant than croissant of ham. Uh-huh. But And every time I would be so embarrassed that I'd just be like, oh, all right, I'll just eat this. <laughs> because, but, I, it was, but Glow was like, you're so sad. You love the ham and cheese croissant. Tell them that's not what you wanted. I was like, how do I say it? I don't know. So I, just, I was like the saddest American tourist eating my almond croissant. And by the way, I do not like almonds. Just eating my almond croissant. <laughs> I started out life not liking almonds, and now I like them even less. <laughs> Like, literally, imagine me, like, fist in my cheek, like, chewing on an almond croissant, going, oh, oh that's not what I wanted. <laughs> I was all tasted up for a ham and cheese croissant. Uh. I would like a hamburger. I would like an hamburger. <laughs> hamburger. Hamburger. At first, I thought it was just the first waiter kind of fucking with me. Like, all right. Because <laughs> he was French. But then, yeah, over the next couple of days, I would order, like, oh, I, I work up the nerve. I, uh, s'il vous plaît, un croissant à bon, s'il vous plaît. And then every time they'd bring me an omelet croissant, I'd be like, God damn it. All right, I'm playing something wrong. I don't know what's going on. I'm scared and alone in Paris. Oh. I need an adult. Anyway. <laughs> Well, shall we shall we wrap it up here, gentlemen? Yeah, so absolutely. Brad, so that Brad doesn't get mugged and escape from Philadelphia. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But this is a good place to wrap up. Uh, I just wanted to personally thank you guys uh, uh, again for this. This is uh, really exciting, and I and thanks for agreeing to do this for the Kickstarter. And I think a lot of people are are going to be really excited that uh, we've got a new Web Comics Weekly out there. Well, and can I tell you? And it's not my place to say it, but. I want to thank your Kickstarter backers because I'm excited for that book. Oh. Um, and people, like, it's, it's, you would have to be a jackass of an artist to not want to continually try to learn, and there's nobody better to learn from, and I'm excited to read this. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm serious. I'm, I'm very excited to read it because even if it's refreshers of stuff I already know, it's nice to see it organized and put in print and like, oh, I should be doing X, Y, Z. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm super proud of it. I, it turned out really nice. I'm, I'm excited to get it out there. 
I can't wait to get it in my hands and give it the old clapper schlonger. <laughs> I could, frankly, I could take it or leave it. <laughs> I love that follow up because that makes it look like I was being schmaltzy when I was being sincere. No, I, 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 I am. Very, I can't follow that up. I don't know what I can follow it. I other than just to say ditto, like, well, uh, like. Patrick uh, Swayze did in Ghost, and then well, just get I, behind he, David on the pottery wheel. You know what? On this note, though, too, now that now that I've looked it up on IMDb, I want everybody to go to IMDb.com, look up Escape from New York, and like <laughs> Scott, like Scott and I did, I want you to click on the poster for the German Der Klapperschlanger. Der Klapperschlanger. Click on the full-size poster. You got to enlarge it, and I want mm-hmm. you to ask yourself what the hell is going on in the background in the smoke of Der Klapperschlanger. Oh God! Now I got to do. <laughs> there is a vampire in the background of Der Klapperschlanger. How do you get to the German one? It's like down at the bottom. Like you click on Escape from New York and IMDb, and then they sort of have like the cast, right? Uh huh. And, and then for whatever reason, somebody has uploaded the German poster for. <laughs> What in the? Click on. Oh, I see it now. I guess probably under photos. Yeah, yeah, I see it. So you look at the U.S. poster, right? And it totally makes sense. It's Lady Liberty. He's running away from this mob of like almost, you know, post-apocalyptic gangsters. And then you click on the German version. (laughs) And it's this guy. And then it's (laughs) there's like a vampire back there with shaved teeth. <laughs> and like this, <laughs> David. What, David, what is I'll tell you what it is. The studio head's like, "Hey, thanks for this poster. I, I, it's obvious just did a collage um, of images and smoke. But um, uh, what's this back here? <laughs> what is well, that? Like, what is like? Uh, no, we can't use Lady Liberty. No, Germans won't know what that like, world iconic image is. I think that let's, instead, let's just put a weird image of a vampire in the background. What well, is going the, on? Uh, I've not seen the movie. Is it is it a future where they're like mutants? Is he hunted by like freakos? Maybe, and... maybe. I don't, I don't remember that. I mean, maybe there's just a guy that shaved down his teeth. But yeah, I always love the weird alternate world posters for movies. Like, have you ever seen the weird uh, Hungarian posters for Star Wars? Yeah, no. they're awesome. They're so weird, Brad. You got to look them up. They're weird. Can I? Oh, can I tell you my fun idea? By the way, and I think I think you guys will think this is a fun idea. I yeah. want to do alternate posters for strip that are limited editions. Like you only do a hundred of them. So like Scott does one, and I just say, all right, we'll just uh, we'll only do a hundred like on a super nice paper. And uh, wouldn't that be fun to do yeah, limited editions with a bunch of different artists? I I'd do it. Super fun. Yeah, I, I kind of want to. I, I kind of want to do it anyway. Anyway, I, so we'll I will. I will do it. And my payment is, I just want a copy of the Bill Watterson poster. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually no. I I want to do this right and and pay everybody like a, a, a worthwhile <clears throat> wait for their time. But I just thought it would be fun to do, like have forty different versions of the poster. You know. Yeah, that'd be awesome, dude. Yeah. And there's I do it. There's some guy in London collecting them all. <laughs> well, I've got them all. Oh, I say, there's another one by Brad Geiger. I've got to get that one. <laughs> I'm now my collection is complete. <laughs> oh, yes. Fantastic. 
Anyway, that was that was a terrible one to end the podcast on. All right. Well, cut, this, this, Brad, just cut back five minutes and we're... <laughs> <laughs> this David Malky poster is nothing but clip art. <laughs> nothing? Wow, I got sky mauled on that one. Oh, no, you know what? I was, I was actually trying to, I was trying to one-up you and I couldn't think of Oh, <laughs> I thought you were over there going... David Malky is a friend of mine, and I am. <laughs> well, let's bring this one in for a close. Thanks again, guys. And uh, Webcomics Weekly, uh, the first one in a long time. And uh, hopefully we'll be back at you very soon. Not next week, though. Definitely not. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.